Welcome back to the Vinland Chronicles, a Vinland Saga podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ronnie. I'm Chad. And today we are here to cover season one, episode 14, titled The Light of Dawn. Wow, what a bummer of an episode, eh, Chad? This one hurt. This yeah. one legitimately made me almost sick to my stomach, and then I realized, yeah, we're following these guys, and I know that I've known that they're not good people, but it really hits hard how shitty of people they truly are. Yeah, you can't... But at the same time, I don't know, because it's like... They're doing a surviving thing. Basically, I think it all comes down on Askeladd, because I think what we're supposed to understand is if they, they could have found a way out of this. If they hadn't gone trekking through the mountains to avoid whatever they were trying to avoid when they were all like, oh God, are we really turning this way? Things probably would have gone better. But they got in a situation and then it was life or death and they had to do some very bad things. Yeah, it was life or death, but this this episode was incredible though. I could see this being played at like a nerdy film festival. That we would be at. That we would be, we would be the front and center for it. appreciate film. And it would be called a short film. What would the title of that be? It would be called The Light of Dawn. There you go. <laughs> they nailed it. I mean, they were all <laughs> over it. So, yeah, let's hop on in because they also, yeah, it's very, very film-esque. This whole Anne character, that's them really getting in their film pocket. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about her. We open up on a blizzard, a bloody axe crunching down on something or other, and a girl praying to God. She asks, why do we have to be pure? Um, father says that you'll in, find a better husband, my I, lady. Okay. Father says that any who don't follow his command shall be punished, even if they're an angel. The girl has red hair in her teens, I would say. Her name is Anne. And she's a lovely girl. She seems like it. Yeah, she doesn't get this whole God thing. She looks like she's hiding something in a tree, but we don't see what quite yet. At this point, I was like, wow, she has done something very, very bad. Is that what you initially thought? Well, kind of, but not really. Um, initially, I didn't think that, but when we come to figure out what she's doing, I was like, oh my, yes. I was doing that all the time as a kid. She's trying to... She's not having incredibly deep thoughts about religion. She's just looking for a loophole. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it it really is such an innocent young kid thing to do. Right. Totally is. I I'm trying to think of something that I did as a kid like that where I was looking for a loophole. I mean, I didn't really steal much as a kid. I was a pretty good kid. Did you really not steal? Not that much. See, I mean, every kid every kid at one point or another steals something, whether right. it be a piece of gum or, you know. Whoa. A hundred dollars out of their mom's purse. A hundred, okay, really two uh, varying examples, I would oh, say. Oh, I remember it now. I remember it. I told this story before a long time ago. This is where I felt the worst about myself, is when I stole a fancy pencil sharpener from a semi-buddy of mine in second grade. I hid it in the desk of my, uh, you know how we had desks that had holes in the desks? Yes. I hid it in there. The teacher then said, because it was an expensive pencil sharpener. All like right. How much you think, like $5? I would, yeah, back then, 5 or $7. Because it was just a handheld pencil sharpener, right? Mechanical, though. Mechanical. If that makes sense. Like, it was mm. machinery handheld. 
machinery handheld. Yeah, like it operated via battery system. Really? Yes. Okay, wow. We might we might be talking about $12 now. Yeah. I'm telling you this thing, you could sell the lithium in this thing for a pretty penny. And so I hid in the desk. I was like, I just really want a coal sharpener. That's what I was telling myself in my head. I was like, this guy, this is the loophole I gave. This guy, he'll just get a new one. He's I'm sure his family can give him a new one. And then I can have this one, and you know it's not so bad because I'm not taking it from somebody that can't get another one. And honestly, I, you know, it might make me uh, go to little boy hell as well. But I agree with you. You could take it because what parents are going back to school shopping with their kids and being like, okay, yeah, he needs the mechanical pencil sharpener. It's best, yeah, and it's second grade. I, I can remember it now. He's not. He's barely old enough to use anything mechanical. Mr. and Mrs. Coleman, when we went back to school shopping, we got pencils that felt like you were... You know the pencils, and let's see if this makes sense, that felt like you were, uh, you were using a rock to write on paper with? Yes. Like, they just, like, scratched the paper, it felt like, more than anything. They were a very pale lead color. Those are the pencils that I got. I did not get Ooh. some mechanical pencil sharpener. Now through wow. the year, now through the year, would I acquire and steal mechanical pencils? Yep, you have to. You got to. It's I survival had, of the fittest. I always had like seven mechanical pencils. Never bought mechanical pencils. Don't know how they came into my uh, possession, mm-hmm. but I had them. But anyways, you know, judgment day came upon me as our teacher told us to raise our hands and that she was going through every desk to find this sharpener. And so, yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. So that's how, that that to me makes me think, okay, this sharpener is worth a lot for a teacher to do something like that. And what did I do? I grabbed the pencil sharpener out of my thing and just straight up said, I have it. <laughs> I've got secondhand embarrassment from this uh, mm-hmm. story from second grade Chad. What happened? And I didn't even lie about it. I just said, yep, I got it. And what happened? I I didn't really get in trouble. I think because I just just owned up so to honest. It. I think yeah. I think if I would have like lied and she would have went through all the desks, then I would have gotten in trouble. But she said thank you for being honest or something. Did it hurt your so friendship? Um, the thing is, I wasn't that good of friends with that guy, so like it kind of did. But you you, know, you were fine. Years later, I don't even know if he remembered because he never brought it up to me, and, and we were fine in like middle school. So you were fine because you were like, I I'll, I got Ronnie. He goes to a different school. I'll keep hanging out with him. And yeah, although I don't, you were, I don't need Brad. You were probably that was his name. stealing my pencil sharpeners though. Uh, let's get into the second minute of the episode now, which does so happen to be the OP. The I'll call it what it is. Mid OP. Yep. Do you think it would be mid if it wasn't for what we used to have? I thought about yeah. that this go around. You think it still would be? I think it's still mid. Okay. I mean, what we used to have, we went from literally the, we went from a Coca-Cola product to. I drink only drink water, so I don't understand You do this consume argument. Coca-Cola products, though. There's food-related Coca-Cola products. Like and what? Stuff like that. Uh, it's the family tree of like. Yep. Coke owns like ninety. Pr- I don't know. So it sounds like you don't. It sounds like you were trying to make a point about big Coke taking over the world, but you couldn't do it. Well, yeah, because I don't. I don't buy those products either, so I don't know what all they own. I do know they own. Um, what's it called? That's all I got. All right, here we go into that second minute of the episode. 
We're in a church. The priest is praying, but now it flashes, and he's at the camp with Askeladd's men. We got two bros who are talking about their relationship. They say they got each other's back and always will. And that's what makes well, them that, good on the not, battlefield. You're not talking about that church scene of how the transition of him being in the church to this yeah. was beautifully done. I mean, the cinematography this episode. Okay. Well, that's why you're here. Don't blame me. I'm getting the facts. You you talk about the cinematography. Yeah, I just thought it was a beautiful transition because I felt like I was in that church. See, it felt a little bit too cute to me. What felt too cute? The, why the transition? It, it confused me. Is well, what, okay, well, what yeah, really, yeah. You what, have to have a high-level IQ to watch some of these episodes, from mm, what I've heard. No, here's the thing. He wasn't praying in the thing. It was just confusing. It was like, okay... I was like, all right, this is a flashback, but he's got his whole beard thing going on. And then the next thing I know, I was around a campfire. I was like, I know he's a priest. What Are you trying to reinstate that he's a priest? No, this is what I like about it. They're talking about love. They're not even talking about God. This is what I like about it. We were talking about God earlier. He thought he was, you know, back in his hometown in a church in a safe space. He's praying. No, what is he? Where is he at right now? He's in the middle of the winter forest with Askeladd's men. Sucks to suck. When these men, they're talking about how having each other's backs, that's what makes them good on the battlefield. And what are you drinking? Looks like an annoying can. A nitro cold brew black coffee. And it is from the brand High Brew, who should be giving us money after I just said that. I wouldn't take it even if they tried to give it to me. I respect myself too much. Water companies hit me up. Stofers. Uh, <laughs> Stofers. <laughs> they make a great oven mac and cheese. And lasagna. Yeah. Oh, the lasagna. Yeah. I've taken down a lasagna for a family more times than I can count from all Stofers. So then after this whole spiel, they say, well, well, did we get it right? They're practicing love, which I thought was very funny. The priest is not impressed. Yeah, these are the two that took interest to it last. It was either last episode or the episode before, too. I like how they actually, you could tell that they were very curious, but they're taking it to the next level right yeah, here. Yeah, they're like, so like protecting someone on the battlefield, like, is that it? Is that what, <laughs> is that love? Did we do it right? Uh, one of the brothers gets angry, saying that the priest doesn't know what a battlefield is like, and that was good acting. That was a good performance. And the priest agrees to the that fact that he doesn't know what the battlefield is like. And ask if they would have his back in battle. Ooh. One of them says, well, no, this guy's my brother. You're just a drunken priest. What are your thoughts on that? I think that they nailed it. That was the priest, like, tricky way of being like, well, you know, love, it's, uh, it can be shown in many ways. And if you protect me on the battlefield, who's just a drunken coward who can't defend himself... That would be, wow, what a great way to show love. I love that question. It makes these guys at least think, though. Yeah, and they are right on it. They're like, no. <laughs> like, screw you. First, you're going to criticize our acting skills and then be like, oh, will you help me out? I won't. And then the other one says, I'll show you love. Look at you in that booze, baby. And uh, <laughs> they then start talking about a story of fighting Thors a few years ago. I loved this, of course. But the priest says that the relationship he has with booze is not love. Well, yeah, it's called addiction. 
Do you think he knows that back in these times? Mm, probably not. Then why is he saying it's not love? Do you think the priest even knows what love is? No. Or do you think he's just kind of like... I he, think he, he just, just keeps saying things because he doesn't know either? Right. Okay. He just knows of it as a word and concept. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they're talking about Thor's. They attacked a ship back in the Pharaohs a few years ago and ran into this one warrior who had incredible strength. They all attacked him together, and he beat 30 of them with his bare hands. In the end, they in, or they killed him, but when it was time to count their losses, they realized that no one had died, and they still don't understand that to this day. And what's also crazy about that, too, is they literally have that guy's son rolling around with him, but they can't remember his name. Right. Well, I mean, which is... Well, they probably don't know Thorfinn's name. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Askeladd and Bjorn are the yeah. only ones that know Thorfinn's name. Yeah. I don't think Thorfinn's chatting it up with any of these other guys very often. Right. Um, no, I just like that that's another thing that they just can't understand. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> he kicked our butts, but he couldn't He couldn't finish. The 30 of them, like, they think that he was trying to kill him. They don't understand that they're like, oh, wait, he was sparing our lives, yeah. basically. Well, yeah, because then they also call him a very strange man. They're like, why would you do that? Well, yeah, I mean, one guy says, well, he had a sword, right? Maybe he was just no match for us. <laughs> but this, this story, this tale has gotten the priest out of his seat. Well, what else I like about it, too, is it, like, uh, they legitimately, they're telling the story, right? But they don't remember all the details. It's actually been that long ago that it's kind of, so much shit's happened since then. Yeah, I mean, it's what, it's probably been at this point seven, seven years. years. Yeah, seven years. Think about all the shit they've been through since. The priest asked if this man did anything else and what his last name was, but they don't know. They just said he said some weird things, like a true warrior doesn't need a sword. And I don't know what is going on in the priest's head. I don't know what this means, but he is freaking out. I, I love it because... It's like he's never seen someone actually exemplify love, but he hears this and he goes, that sounds like love right there. Well, the men go, they ask, so wait, is that love? <laughs> but the priest sits in one spot all night looking at, the or looking at the fire, thinking about that true warrior. Later on, the snow has hit hard, the wagons look stuck as hell, and Askeladd is like, well, no one could have predicted this much snow. This is crazy. <laughs> this is this is crazy. <laughs> Says it just like that. Like, yeah, he's like, this could be anyone's fault, but not mine. He, yeah. Who would have predicted? This could have happened to literally anyone. He'd be like, ah, meteorologists. They just they get paid all that money, and they're just making it up as they go. Uh, Ragnar is pissed, but actually, I gotta give old Egghead a little credit this episode. He's pissed, but actually holds himself back pretty well. He seems like he's just trying to talk some sense into Askeladd, saying, your luck has run out, your soldiers are also worried, like, we need to turn back now before we get in a situation that we can't get out of. And, um... We also see some of his soldiers getting into arguments with each other. You can tell that they're they're probably freaking out, quick to snap on one another. Yeah, because, I mean, we've never seen them deal with anything like this. Right. Yeah, they're used to, I guess, getting through it on a boat or whatever, but now you start dealing with these conditions. We know at least, like, the past few times during winter, they've gone back home. Like, they don't keep working during the winter. Mm -hmm. 
Askeladd says they are fine. They have been to hell and back. They will keep moving as one of them literally falls. <laughs> My men can get through anything. That's like, did you, uh, have you seen the meme that's been going on recently where I have no clue what it is? It's obviously some foreign country and like some politician is being interviewed and he's like, I refuse to say that this is an unsafe road and then while they're interviewing him next to the road, there's like a five-car pileup that happens right behind him. <laughs> I've not seen that. That's awesome. No, no, it makes me think of like Mr. Krabs being like, I have got the finest workers you could imagine, and it just pans over to SpongeBob and Squidward, and SpongeBob's just like dicking around, and Squidward's just being annoying. He's laying back at the cash register, yeah. reading a newspaper. SpongeBob Chronicles coming soon. Askeladd says they are fine. Oh, wait, I've already read that. Ragnar says to turn back, it would be crazy trying to cross Mercia, Mercia, something like that. Now, do you think Askeladd's really running off luck here, or is he so adamant about completing this mission that he just does not give a shit? He's like, we're moving forward no matter what. Um. Well, okay, so you say that. I think it's interesting. You Do you think that Askeladd goes into things um, thinking that he's lucky? Or do you think... Th- I was taking it as just like his men think that. I think his men think that, but I also think there has been moments that he's shown in this. Maybe even more so Thorfinn, the stuff he tells Thorfinn to do. He might be thinking Thorfinn's lucky, which in return is Askeladd himself being lucky too, that he has somebody like Thorfinn. Another episode, by the way, where Thorfinn, I mean, this is the least he's in it ever. Because yeah. he's literally, he doesn't say anything. We get one shot with him standing next to Canute in like his little winter jacket. That's it. You think he he does what the rest of these people do at the end? The rest of the men? You think he's in on no, that? No, I think he's like hiding in a tree or something. Or he's just, I mean, because you know Canute's not. He's just standing there with Canute. Okay. Canute made sure to watch it though, right? No. You're what are you talking about? We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Askeladd says to keep coming. They're going to have to leave things behind, and they can't settle out in the open tonight. So to bring your point or whatever, like he's saying this, I think he knows that they're getting ready. To, if they keep going forward, they're going to run into a village. Okay. I think is what it comes down to. Because, like, this isn't just some desolated land. They are in places they're in right. Wales where there's towns set up across like well they they've gone is he actually in Wales still or is he I well, I don't know I how the land works but for some like I want to say that he's gotten past it now that's why he's on there he's not with what's his name Asser Asser got him through Wales and now he's like in okay. the next territory is how I take it that I mean that would make sense yeah. too just because I feel like Asser would still be with him and yeah, know. he he could be. That would I mean that would make sense. Well, actually, it yeah yeah because these people I believe are not speaking Welsh when he gets to them. What are they speaking? I want to say it's English. Okay. Now, now I could be wrong on that, but we'll see. I could up. I could not uh, tell the difference between the subtitles that I was reading. You couldn't the tell the difference between Japanese and Japanese. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm glad that you could. That I mean, what you're saying makes sense. The fact that they don't have any kind of well, because I know he, they use the term like, "Oh, I'll say it to you in your language." I don't know if they he actually says, "Oh, I'll say it to you in English," or if he just says in your language. Well, yeah. Does 
because Bjorn does that later on. But. Does <clears throat> does Askeladd does he speak English as well? Have we seen that? Askeladd can speak English, Walesian, Dutch, and Walesians. He's got three different languages. Askeladd's just, in, I think, invaded so many English people. He knows a decent amount of English. That makes sense. Yeah. So he's he knows his men aren't going to like. Uh, to keep moving forward and then the ear comes up saying they are ready which once again reinforces the fact that he know like his i'm sure that they're doing the same thing as others where they've got scouts riding forward mm-hmm. and he's just been looking for a village like this to take um very unfortunate village it really is ragnar stresses again no luck is on their side and bad things are going to happen but as we look on the horizon, Askeladd says, "You don't get it attacking and plunder, or you don't get it attacking and plundering is what us Vikings do best." And we see a few poor little cottages in the distance. Yeah. Um, now I'll put you on the hot seat here. I'll put ask me you a question: on it. Is Askeladd a good guy? No. Ronnie, wow! Didn't even think easiest, twice about it. Easiest hot seat I've ever been sitting on. Is he a decent guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is he a survivalist? Yes. What would you do in this situation? In this situation, I you know what it I would, would do? be very hard. <laughs> you know what I would do? I would be one of Askeladd's men, and I'd be like, "Well, it wasn't me; it was Askeladd," and just blame it on him. But I would I would be going along with it because I wouldn't want to die. We'll keep talking about it as okay. we go into it because there's a few. I mean, he's really thought a lot of it, and it's hard to uh, debate someone who's been doing this for as many years as he has because he's learned a lot and he knows what probably needs to be done. We cut over into this warm-looking cottage, a man with a mustache and the red-haired girl from earlier, and a couple other kids okay. and a grandpa and a mother. Basically, they have every demographic possible because they have like 27 people in here and they're praying and having a family dinner. They do. Um, this is what I, I like. This village. They they take care of their family. It's they're a all fine together village. Still, the little irresponsible. The red-headed girl. She's a, a nice, pretty young girl. The other kids, pretty ugly. Very ugly. Not. We will get to that, Chad. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the kids are asking why they pray all the time. So I, a lot of these kids got questions about God. And what I want to say is, well, I'm sure your parents. Well, <laughs> this sounds so bad. Oh boy. I'm sure your parents are praying that you uh, grow out of that ugly skin. <laughs> Out of that, uh, you are such a. I'm sorry that that was. You're such a marvel. What the skin? Well, I mean, these kids. There's not been a single. I know they make ugly faces on purpose throughout this episode, but they are. I mean, but what? What is inside of you that made you say their skin? I thought you were going to do something normal and be like, grow out of this ugly face, because all these kids around this ugly face. That's ugly even meaner. Phase. Oh. When the kids are this age and they've lost like half of their teeth and they're right on the, you know, their hair is getting a little too long, a little too scruffy because they don't want to get a haircut. They're just ugly. (laughs) They're ugly little gremlins. They are. And, you know, it's very cold. They don't want to shower. I would not want to shower when it's this damn cold outside. Think about it. No. Heck no. 
I wouldn't want to go pee. We're getting ready to get to How that. How do you do that? Do you just not bathe yourself in these times? Yes. You don't bathe yourself now, so why don't you think that they bathe themselves then? Ronnie, I do bathe myself on occasions. <laughs> I'm saying... Obviously, in the summertime, they get in the... Ri- I know back then they would hop in rivers and stuff like that and bathe off. They. What do you do in the winter? Ronnie? You put the water... God, are, I'll teach you. Watch. Teach me. You get water still. Put okay? it over your campfire. You warm it up with a fire, and then you just kind of use it to, to bathe yourself. Yeah, they probably only do it like once or twice a week. That's the type of living I want to live in. I mean, it's so cold right now. Like, they've already got their food collected. So right now they're probably more so in just like survival mode. They're just clearing the snow off the roof to make sure that it doesn't cave in the house. Taking a care of a few little if they've got animals maybe somewhere trying to take care of them. Okay. Um to so the kid asked about praying and the father's like basically it's cuz God has our back, yo. Nothing bad could possibly happen. Yeah, he did not say that, but he this, said it in some form. Yeah, something but, like that. Yeah, yeah. I was paraphrasing. Anne doesn't get why God decided to pass judgment on the world so suddenly, though. And one of the kids says, the Dane are evil. I love how the Dane is just, it's like uh, the boogeyman from when we were kids. You know, what was it that your, would your parents ever use that thing where it's like, oh, Ronnie, if you don't clean your room, the boogeyman will come. No, my parents were much smarter than that. I was a very scared child. They would not ever try and scare me because they knew that it would mean I would be staring at their, or standing beside their bed at 3 a.m. like a little haunted child Mm, being like waking them up. I did clean my room. And be like, "Can, can I sleep in here? Why were you such a scared child? I was just scared, man. I don't know why. Everything scared me. Hmm. There's got to be some psychology behind that. Oh, I'm sure there. I did go to therapy for it. You did? Yeah. I, I mean, I knew you were a scaredy cat, but yeah, I remember they went, and my mom had told me I don't really remember going. I remember going, but I don't remember the le- uh, the sessions. And they had a book, <laughs> and they were turning pages of things that like would scare kids, and everything they turned to, and they're like, "Does this scare you?" I would just be like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> It would be like snakes. I'd be like, yes. They'd be spiders. Yes. It'd be like heights. I'd be like, yes. Just everything. Uh, it'd be like SpongeBob failing his driving, his boating <laughs> exam. I'd be like, yes. yes. Uh, we worked through it, though. Kind of. I'm pretty brave now. Uh, so, yeah, basically, this kid, there's it's survival of the fittest. There's nine other children. So, he's just trying to get some brownie points. So, he's like, you know, kids would do this sometimes where they've heard their parents say something, so they say something even unprompted just for oh, some yeah. points. Because the father's like, you're damn right, Billy. The Danes are evil. But listen, and follow God, and no way is he going to let those Danes win. Anne is walking away from the table. She doesn't like hearing this God talk. She's got to pee, but not really. And she has to go out into a blizzard. <sighs> She doesn't like hearing this talk because she has done the worst thing imaginable. Don't bury the lead. What if we had to, like, every time you wanted to pee, you had to go Go out in eight feet of snow? I think they should just have a little curtain where you just go behind it and do it into something and then dump it. Mm. Wouldn't that be easier? Is that cold? Just for peas? Yeah. I mean... You can't do that for poops, I don't think. No, just for peace. I mean, what what do you have to lose? Think about it. 
I don't know. What happens when you like pee into a roaring fire? It starts to put it out. But no, I don't think. How roaring are we talking? Like pretty, like a roaring fire. That's why I said roaring. I didn't say like a kindling fire. I said a roaring fire. Like I don't believe that you could put out a a fireplace that was going. No, pretty no, good. no, no. You can't. But you can. You can make it way less roaring than it is for sure. You don't I've think peed it would, on fires. You don't before. think it would regain the roar? No, I've peed on fires before. It'll take out a roaring fire. You can take out approximately fifty percent of it with a good pissing. And it's never going to regain that fifty yeah, percent. I have done some bush-like pissing on a fire, and it's about 50 out, I'd say. All right. I've never... I haven't peed in a whole lot of fires, so i got to take your word for it here. So this is where she goes to the tree, she gets a ring, and things start to make sense. She is horrified of the devil, but loves the ring that she stole and hopes that maybe God is just sleeping on his job a bit. That's pencil sharpener. This is what Mm -hmm. I was thinking back in the day. She thinks to herself that she shouldn't have gone to the market when she didn't have any money, and she's worried she's going to be the only one in her family going to hell. But she just can't deny the fact it looks so good on her hand. (laughs) She's rocking it. It, It's just so, you know, knowing what's about to come, though, the family event, this young girl being outside, you know, freaking out over something like this insignificant Right. Just how wholesome the family is. It is just so heartbreaking what's about to happen. Well, it's just funny what kids like latch on to. And I guess older people are like, you can still do it now. You know, if people get something that they really want. I guess as I've gotten older, appearance things I don't hook on to as much. I'm like, oh, sweet. I've got this now that everyone else has it. But when I was in middle school, everyone started wearing like long black socks. And I remember stealing some from my grandfather. And being like, all right, now I'm cool. Now I'm cool. But the thing is, is yeah, you heard right. I stole them from my grandfather. I didn't realize that at the time that they had to be Nike socks. Yeah. So they were like Dickies socks. (laughs) 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 Uh, Um, Or like those Live Strong bracelets. Yes. Yes. I would have stolen one of those easily. Now it's all like fucking Stanley Cups. That's what all the women are doing. Right, the Stanley Cups, yeah. The women fall for it easier. I'm not saying that as a bad thing, Ronnie. What are so great about those cups? I know you're going to be like, it's wow, Chad, great take. Shitting on women, not what I'm doing. I'm just saying. I've seen men with those cups. Now that's pretty lame. That's sus. Uh, Yeah, people need to stop freaking out about those cups. But the thing, yeah, women fall for it easy because. Oh, uh, it's got a handle. (laughs) The Kardashians started the whole... They started the Stanley Cup thing? No, I don't think they started Stanley Cups. They just started women falling for things easily. I don't give them that credit. They no. have a big... No, I'm not saying... I okay. hate you giving them that credit. I'm not going to say started. I'll say I this. Do, they, go ahead, but I am fuming mad right now. multiplied the uh, wantings of young girls and women. No, there's always going to be things like that. Did the Kardashians do one thing or another? Sure. One thing or another. Yes, the Kardashians raised a generation. one thing that they they started and they were like, oh, everyone's got to have that because the Kardashians have it. If it's not the Stanley Cup. Fake asses. Not that. Fake lips. You can't put fake asses on the same tier as Stanley Cups, okay? 
Because seventeen year olds makeup. Seventeen year olds are forcing their dads to drive them to Dick's Sporting Goods to get Stanley Cups. They're not going to get fake butts. Yes, they are. They're Ronnie. not. This is remember how you said that thing earlier, where you were like, "Oh, Ronnie, don't do this thing." We're like, "Oh, Chad is criticizing women for the Stanley Cups." I wasn't. Now I am. Quit giving the Kardashians that much credit. Oh uh, yeah, because you're right. The generation of women has totally not fallen into any of that trap. Good call, Ronnie. There he goes. Uh, we cut back inside where one of the kids looks like they just jizzed Dude. into the porridge. He is so disgusting. He's I, ugly. This kid should not be looking like this. They don't I, have... How does he have access calories in his body? It... What? He's got like a very like fat face with like a his eyes are going opposite directions. Oh yeah, what? Yeah, I'm saying like I, he's been stealing food. What has he been doing? Right. You said first of all, it's excess, not access. I, yeah, that's a that's a feel fill situation there. <laughs> I understand. It just confused me a little bit. <laughs> Second of all, dude, I think as gross as it is, I summed it up perfectly. It looks like this kid just jizzed into the porridge. Yeah. I also have in my notes, I know it's getting ready to happen, and I don't understand. I think the show wants me to cheer for what's getting ready to happen because they are not making me feel bad for these kids whatsoever. I feel bad for them because I'm like, oh, they're kids, but they're trying to make me not feel that way. Because of how ugly they are, Ronnie? Yes. Ronnie, that is... Come on. No, that's you're taking it a step too far. I didn't here. say that I was cheering for it. The show was trying to make me. I felt very sad, but I'll be lying if I said I wasn't five percent less sad than I would have been. I feel bad for the Gramps in the corner who. <laughs> no, I don't. Feel, no, no, no. The reason once so, again, I'm seeing. You've got to see this still image that I have right here. Yeah, he is so clueless and so demented. The whole family is looking up. Right. eyes like at they're out they're all shitting their pants in this moment looking at bjorn he is still eating his meal yeah. has no idea they're in the room yeah this is one of those situations where eight hours ago i would have been like oh yeah i feel bad for grandpa but in this case i'm like oh, i don't feel bad for him because there's some traumatic shit going on he's got no clue what's happening that was sad eight hours ago when they were having like family yeah. meals and stuff but now we're He's good. This is where yeah. you want to be. He'll die before he even gets sliced just by being out in the cold. Yeah, he walks out the door. He's done for. Um, At the same time, I mean, I hate to see it, but my boy Bjorn, he strolls in here, mm. says, oh, I found dinner, and the priest try to warn, tries to warn the rest of the village, but he gets just the absolute poo-poo kicked out of him. I, dude, I actually like the priest right here. This is one of the few moments Don't like where I'm him. like... He's trying to warn them. Obviously, even if he does warn them, what can they do? Nothing. But he feels... Because Bjorn shows no... He could do what he's doing and still show like a little ounce of sympathy. He shows none of it right here. Uh, At all. That's not true. Bjorn doesn't kill them. Because he was ordered by Askeladd not to kill them yet. That is not the reason he didn't kill him. He would have totally slaughtered all of them if Askeladd well, said so he do did it. show them mercy. No, he well, listened well, to his master. What do you master. think he should have done? He should have been like, "Look, I'm sorry to do this, but I got to do it." Instead of being like, "Oh, that sets the wrong look, tone." But he walks, gonna... in, he walks in like this. Oh, look at this. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad. <laughs> 
Uh, no, the priest was an idiot. This is bad. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Phil, okay, Ron, Ronnie going again. He's going to criticize me, but then when somebody tries right. to do something good, he's an idiot. No, it's okay. amazing how right I am. You have to pick your times to be a good guy. Right now, you have to look at the situation and be like, all right, I can warn every single one in this village. The result does not change at all. So I have to, God, this is going to suck. But I have to bide my time, keep, stay on the good side of Ascalad until I have an opportunity to do some good that can actually make a difference. Yeah, I'm not buying that at all. I don't see what difference he could make um, in the future at all with Ascalad. Now you probably have never really experienced this, but it's a good feeling, so I'll tell you about it. When you you're making good, when you're making a point on the podcast, and you can feel the listeners shaking their head yes while you're talking, it's crazy. That guy, really? that guy right there, he's shaking his head. He knows what I'm talking about. He's going, "Wow, Ronnie is on fire." See, I don't, I never feel that shaking their heads. Yes, you know what I feel? What? I can feel the listeners raising their hands and fist pumping when I say something. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's, that's all a, I feel. That's ridiculous. What if they're not, don't? What if they're in class or something? And the teacher or comes walking by. Do you have a question? He goes no. Chad is just making a point. <laughs> yeah, please say that. Please do that in class <laughs> if you're listening. Askeladd's men are also shook at how many kids they have here. Because he's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why there's so many of them. Yeah. They start analyzing the dinner table as if they are Ronnie from the podcast Chronicles. And the dad is rightfully shook. Bjorn tells them to get everything that could be used as a weapon. And then Bjorn takes a taste. Turns out the family does not know their way around the kitchen. Okay. Can we talk about Bjorn hitting the mom? She deserved it. No, Ronnie. Well, okay, this is another thing. Like, He did not have to... Listen, I, I know I forget Bjorn is a bad guy. Because I, I listen to Ronnie, who's like, Bjorn's my favorite character. He's, he's my favorite guy. character. But then I see stuff like this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a shitbag Viking. That's really, no. when it comes down to it, that's his true nature. And he hits this woman like she is a MMA fighter. That's how hard he tries to hit her. Like, she is a threat when she is no threat I mean, whatsoever. what is she doing? What is she doing right now? She stood there until he... Uh, he, okay, he, he, got, he commented on her shitty por porridge, and then she was like, oh, that's a line too far. She can't even understand him, Ronnie. She's one of these people, and listen, it's a different language. this is a thing. This is a thing for sure. You got to be careful of like old school, cook, old school cookbooks, which I know people are looking at a lot, because you had winches like this woman herself who thought that she knew how to cook and was making recipes. Anyone can make a recipe. Yeah. I, I would does not mean that she's a good cook. Absolutely, would love for you to be uh, back in these times in yeah. this har these harsh conditions with few ingredients that she has yeah. and make something better. Do it, Ronnie. Do All it. Right. Well, here's the first thing I would do: keep the kids out of your uterus. <laughs> and then, see, that's where you're wrong too. The more kids you uh, multiply, nope. the more kids you create, the more helping hands you have. Nope. Yep. Hey, when you can have 40 helping hands, when your resources are as uh, non-existent as they are right now, doesn't matter how many hands you have. You could do the same work with eight and then maybe buy some cinnamon when the trader comes now, into town. Now, I will say this. Birth out some smarter, better-looking kids. Right. You have a better chance. But uh, to get back to this. There's no reason. Look at, look at my girl. Um, I mean, look at Thor's and Helga. 
They did it right. Well, they would have done a lot more. He would have been pumping them out if he was uh, alive still. But he's dead. I don't think I'm, eight years had gone by. It seemed like they were done. Um, Bjorn right here says, how do you say it in English again? So it is, we are back to nice. English-speaking people. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, they show the one kid again, and this is actually, I put it in my notes again, they're trying to make it real hard or to feel bad for him. Really ugly kids. Bjorn holds the father at sword point, telling him to give him all the food or they will kill him. Didn't kill him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, you, you know? Now that you say that, I think the father is my favorite of the family. He is. He is. He's a, I mean, he's a very good, he seems like a nice dad. Right. Good father. He's done, he's been calm this entire time. Yes. Even though he just watched all this. Y- yeah. I mean, exactly. Do you not think when the wife ran at the Viking god Bjorn that the husband did not go in his head he didn't say it out loud because he's a loving man he didn't go you dumb bitch and I'm not saying that's right for him to have thought that but that's what it looked like he thought he didn't do it he knew he's like oh okay me versus this Viking god who's gonna win maybe I should just stay sit still yeah and what is he gonna fight him with porridge and you, he might not have uh, called his wife a bitch. I hope that he didn't, you know. But it, he witch. They say witch back then. Good a point. Lot more, yep. But do you think that he thought this? He do be. <laughs> do you think that he thought this? He do be right about the porridge dough. He's he's just thinking. I'm not saying she deserved that hit, but he do be right about that porridge, though. Oh God! So we snap forward a little bit. They got a bunch of bags of food on the floor, and Askeladd saying if they count two kids as one adult, the food could only last fifty people the rest of winter. I was thinking about that. Is that a fair? I think that's a fair equation. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about kids meal, meals. Kids eat about half. I would say that. That seems right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to be enough for 104 soldiers. So that so at Askeladd's whole entire group is 104 people. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I wrote down sword, soldiers. I'm assuming that's what they said. Meaning like prince and everybody. I think that we can pretty much yeah. Because that's, that's three, and we kept hearing 100 before, and I don't know if he was ever counting Thorfinn. Okay, so yeah, I, I would say 104 is right. Because I feel like uh, for a while they were calling it 100 because Thorfinn was literally like just killing squirrels on his own and feeding himself, but now I feel like since he's protecting Canute, they have to like bring him in mm-hmm. on the rations. Um. Also, it's pretty sad because, you know, we saw those young kids or whatever, but now it's showing moms who are holding their one-year-old baby trying to keep them warm. And that's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anne is still hiding, freaking out. Askeladd goes to the prince saying, um, oh, my bad. Askeladd goes to the priest saying that he is the prince's teacher, so he will forgive him this one time. But if he gets in the way again, he will kill them, kill him on the spot. Another, yes. So my point is correct. He used, he got one free pass and he used it for this. Not good. 
Not a good I know, and he's do-over. got him tied up too. Uh, but here's the thing, though. I mean, can we be honest, Ronnie? Mm-hmm. These Vikings hate the priest anyways. Right. The only two people that like him are those brothers. They've yeah. drawn interest to him, but everybody else hates this guy. Yeah. To your point, Asklad gave him a free pass this time because it really didn't matter if he had waited for that opportunity that I keep saying to wait for where he could actually do some good. He might not have gotten a free pass. Mm-hmm. That's not lost on me, but Asklad made it seem like he would have. So, yeah. Uh, one of the men asked the Danes if any of them speak their language. And it's quiet for some time, so he starts begging for half the food so they can make it through the winter. He says, I have a baby. And then Askeladd starts speaking his language and says, So Askeladd is now speaking English. A baby? That's rough. Don't worry. We've I've thought about them. He says the man doesn't have to worry about making it through the winter or any future winters. He is going to release him from his suffering. And someone goes, hey, man, they're just civilians. I, did you, does it say who that is? I couldn't tell who that was that said that. Um, that was like just fighting civilians. for the priest, maybe? I Seems believe... like it would have to be the priest. Let's see right here. It's coming up. Yeah, take a look. Um, to your point, though, Askeladd right here is... He, he is showing mercy doing this. He really is, because freezing to death would be a whole lot worse than what's about to happen. Yes. Because freezing they, they to could death last, or starving to death. Well, they, they would do probably a little bit of both. They'd have to try to find some food out there hunting, and then... Right. Yeah, because I guess Askeladd's men's going to take all of the cottages, so they'd just be outside. Yeah. Um, not good. <laughs> Askeladd says, I don't have any food for them, and if one of them escapes, they're going to tell the enemy that we are here. Askeladd asked if they managed to dig the hole. They say, yeah, we can fit 62 if we cram them in. First Mm. of all, gross. Don't talk about cramming in bodies. Second of all... So, sorry, I think it is Ragnar that says they're civilians, because okay. then he says they're Christians, too. He's co- trying to kind of plead yes. with them. Yeah, I have that line coming mm. up, um, because I... The other thing I was thinking is, who is the soldier who is so good at calculating areas of space that he can be like, oh, 62 on the... Du- if we cram them. Mm-hmm. Not 55, not 65. I've crunched the number, Askeladd. With my Viking knowledge, we can fit 62 DBs in that hole over there. Shows how many bodies they've probably buried. Ragnar pleads uh, because they are Christians that we shouldn't kill them. And Askeladd says, So what? This is what's best for the prince. And then he gives the order. And speaking of the prince, pan- are you under the. Does he watch? Well, it pans to the prince. The prince right now is looking at the group. I'm seeing it right here. Him and Thorfinn. Thorfinn's just kind of got a blank face. The prince does look sad looking at the crew. Right. But here's the thing about the prince. This could be a time for him to speak up, say something. He knows the only way to survive right here is to just... He knows this is the only way, so he doesn't say a word. Don't give the prince that credit. I give him the credit here. Why? 
Why would you give he's the... already he's already gone t- through his uh because he yelled one episode yes, ago. He's already spoken before and if he oh really wanted to stop this, he would have spoke up here. Here's the thing though. If he does stop first off, Ronnie, if he does stop this. If you're using future knowledge, I'm so pissed at you right now. I'm not. I'm I think not. you are. No, I'm strictly using this right here. I'm saying the prince, you can see it in his eyes. He's sad. Don't, don't, don't talk about his eyes. Show me the eyes. All right. Let me show you the eyes, Ronnie. I'm sure that he's sad, but what you also see in his eyes that he wants to, he would stop this if it wasn't the only way. This guy was cowering behind Ragnar. Uh, I think he knows. Well, honestly, all these guys know. Just like you said, this is legit the only way to live. Look at him. I know that he's scared. Oh, my gosh, Ronnie. Look at this. This is so sad. Yeah, show it to me. Okay, first of all, you said his eyes. His eyes are closed, you fucking douchebag. No, they're not. His bangs are slightly over it. You can't see his eyes is my point. Yes, you can, Ronnie. You cannot. I'm getting up and you're... Come over here right now. And then, hey, hold on. Before you look at it, don't look yet. Everyone go to 1837 of this episode. Look at how sad his eyes are under those bangs and then proceed to laugh at Ronnie when he sees this and realizes he was wrong. He was wrong. What are you doing? <laughs> what? They show Canute for five seconds, and you're going to go off this on, on this tangent of, if this wasn't the only way to live, Canute would speak over Ascalad and say, no, don't kill them. Yes. All right, we're moving on. I can't even deal with you right now. You, I can't. I can't deal with you. You know why I'm saying this, though, right? Because no. Ragnar says they're Christians. That has been Canute's whole thing right now is being with yes, a priest. I'm he with doesn't you. say anything because well, this is the only way, Ronnie. He's dead if he doesn't, if he says something and stops it. Which, even if he does say something, I would I would bet that Askeladd would probably why, say okay, then why are no. you not why are you giving Canute more credit than well, I'm Ragnar? Not trying, I'm not trying to give him a lot of credit here. I'm saying this is what it looks like. It looks like <laughs> Okay. Does it not? I just uh, I mean, god, you think you're a hey, film you think you're a film critic now, don't you? Th- this is a show. This is go, what we okay, do. We go cover back these to things. that go back to that clip where you can see a millimeter of his eyes and tell me how long we see him for. Tell me, count it out. Three seconds. Count it out. It's three seconds. Three seconds? Yeah. I want you to go back 1837 and 1837 to 1840. I want you to go 1001, 1002. Okay. All right, go and play it for me. Gosh, guys. I get, Sorry, guys. I guess we're not supposed to cover episodes. Go That's and count Ronnie's it for thing. me. Apparently, I'm not supposed to, you know, my favorite character so far in the show. <laughs> <laughs> go and count it. Why is it taking so long? It's loading. It's your Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, yeah, my Wi-Fi. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, it's still loading. This is yeah. bad. All right, we'll give it a couple more seconds. And then... All right, here we go. All right, count it out. One, two, three. Okay, it's done. <laughs> All right, so with that knowledge of the millimeter of eyes you saw from Canute, yeah. who at this point we've heard speak, one t- he did yell. He got a little bit. He but then, did. But then the second that people started looking, he realized that people were looking at him. He kind of went, "Oh God!" You in that three seconds, you said, 
All right. Canute realized that this is the only way to survive, but if this wasn't the only way to survive, he would have spoken up over Askeladd and said, no, these are going to be my future people. We will let them survive. Even though Ragnar, whose whole purpose has been to save Canute, wants to save them, wants to spare them, which he's wrong. No, he is because Ragnar. I mean, I mean, you think about it like this in yeah, this yeah. scenario. I'll think about it. You're a you're a decent person like Ragnar and Canute. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to see fifty innocent people just get slaughtered. Not. I don't. So that's what he's thinking. But here here's the other take on it. Mm-hmm. If Canute, if the first thing I said about Canute, yeah, he knows this is the only way. If that's true, then the rest doesn't matter. I think you're using future knowledge, and I'm mad. Here we go. We move forward. He gives the order, he being asked lad, and it is the axe shot we saw at the very start of the episode, and it's just a whole lot of murder. Ugh. Yeah, that, okay, there you go, Ronnie. That's what Canute wanted. He loves seeing deaths. Ugh, God. Did not ever say that. I mean, little one-year-old babies getting killed by axes. Canute loves it. And gets to watch all of this. She starts walking away when it's all said and done. If she just hadn't stole that beautiful ring, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. She asks God if he's watching. She asks if her family arrived over there, and she wonders if she's going to be called too, but assumes not because she feels elated now. Now, Anne... She's a little bit of a crazy person. I understand what she's doing here, but she's a what, little bit so crazy. Why, what do you understand because about Because she's saying she feels elated because she's like, okay, such evil people exist, such as them, that they're, they aren't afraid of punishments. So the fact that those people can do that and she stole a ring, she's like, okay, I am in a lower class of bad person. I'm, I'm in the clear, even though I feel elated, so maybe I'm not in the clear. Okay. I think that's why she feels happy. <laughs> right. Um, She's also probably in some serious amount of shock. I don't know how much yeah. of that is applying to her character as I'm well. I'm sure it's a lot because it's very cold too. Yes. And what she just saw is probably horrifying. I would, I mean, I would totally be in this position too if I saw that and there was all my family and village people and it's this cold outside. I'd be like, well, f- thank goodness I can just die now. I don't have to worry right, about anything right. else. Yeah. Well, that's like when I would tell my parents or whatever. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'll go to the H word, and they'd be like, well, of course you'd say it. Like they'd that. be like, oh, Ronnie, what you were dropping hell at no, seven years old? I said it like every other cool person and said, I'm going to the H E double hockey sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Um, and they'd be like, Ronnie, no, there's like, there's murderers and and people who kill people, which is murderers. <laughs> <laughs> my family only knew murderers and Those people the- that end lives of other people <laughs> my parents only think murderers went to hell and they were like as long as you don't kill a person you'll be okay so yeah, she falls into the snow the next morning the sun rises and somehow she is alive yeah and I I don't know how I don't see I almost took that as like she is dead that okay. makes sense. <laughs> Dude, get out of your film bag. Dude, what the <laughs> what are you doing? What? 
the sun comes up, she opens her eyes and starts to get up, and you are smoking. Yes. You're watching the show, smoking a pipe, going, no, I took that as, uh, she is actually dead. <laughs> I mean, you, just, you just made the point yourself. How would she live through that? I mean, go ahead, say your point, maybe she okay. is dead. Here's my point. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, you, give this guy a call. He is analyzing. If you analyze the 15 second <laughs> sequence here. <laughs> so stupid. The sun comes up. She wakes. She Her eyes literally open. She like starts to get up and All Chad right. goes, no, I took that as she is dead. I took this as she has, this is, you know, her, her soul passing yeah. to the afterlife. <laughs> One. How in the fuck would you survive a right. blizzard, like laying in the snow throughout the night? You wouldn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you would. You wouldn't. Two. She just froze to death more than Especially likely. Especially since like they make a point all episode to show how red her hands are and like. Yes. So I mean that's the main reason. Yeah. And then two. Uh, <laughs> she. I'm not gonna say she got what she de- deserved, but she did sin. <laughs> Okay. And this is like, okay, um, yes, all my entire family, they all got slaughtered quick, quick, you know, pretty painless death because it happens so instantly. Me, I have to freeze throughout the night because of what I did. But all right. that's how I took it. Okay. But if she's still happy though because she knows she's going to be with her family in the afterlife. And then I don't know. I really don't know what her getting up and falling over means. Not sure on that. So is that what you're watching it back now? Did she... The sun comes up. She gets up and falls back down. Yep. Okay. All right. It yeah. looks like it could. Be, she could have fell down a hill because she's on top of one. I mean, she's dying eventually unless some I mean, miraculous yeah. That's thing what I, happens. Like, you can't live through that. It's just impossible. Um. Okay. Wow. What a, a bummer of an episode. We really got <laughs> deep. Uh, there is some nice heated debate. Love that. That's what the podcast uh... is for. Yes, also about you know our film critiques that apparently we're not supposed to do, but no, I love them. Keep keep throwing them out there. I just you have to be ready I mean, to defend. You them. know, this was this has to be the most film esque episode of the series. It so was far. very film esque. Yeah, very filmatic, very cinematic. It's very good. Um, I and, yeah, I don't know if they what, what was the point of this episode to just kick us straight in the balls. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't think that was the whole point. I do. Th- I like the show. The fact that they're saying, like, I think it's easy to f- watch these episodes one after the other and find yourself like rooting for a sp- like Ask Aladdin Bjorn, like we've kind of done. Um, but it's just saying, no, they're not. They're not good people. They're survivalist. Everything is like a means to an end, and while they're doing what it takes to survive, a lot of innocent people are getting getting wrecked. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of wish that we would have seen Thorfinn's perspective here. Um, I know I, I know, he's been doing... They, they've been pillaging villages and doing all this shit for years and years, but, I, like, when they all just kill all those innocent people right there, we don't ever get to see his face or anything. So right. Yeah, Thorfinn is the only truly... He's not innocent because we saw him do, like, um... Yeah, I mean, he's killed a decent amount of people. But Okay, but here's what the difference. He's led them to places to be infiltrated, but I don't believe that Thorfinn has ever killed 
directly killed an innocent person that wasn't trying to kill him. Everyone that he's killed has been someone who was also a soldier, soldier fighting yeah. against his crew. Or somebody that's attacking him, village, right. or what it be. Yeah, we've never seen him like physically kill a woman or a child. Which for I mean, once again, he indirectly did by you know setting off oh yeah I mean, alerts and stuff and being like, okay, the village is ready yeah. now. But given the nature of this world, I would say he's pretty clean. And I right. I don't feel a pro- I can't bring myself to straight up cheer for Askeladd and Bjorn and the gang, but I can cheer for Thorfinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compared to them, he is not done right. what they've done. Also, think about the men that had to kill the babies. Right. I don't know if I could do that. What about you? You think you could? Uh, see, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a bit of a coward. So I think that at some point I would have been like, uh, maybe we just... <laughs> Maybe we just like set a barrier so they can't get away, and we leave them with a knife so like they want to kill themselves. They can, but I don't think I can kill them. Like we just let. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you've got to have like you really do have to be desensitized to do something. like I that. I mean, think of the mess. Mm. I don't want to, but when they're all in a circle like that and I, they start swinging, they kind of made me think about it. Think of all the wolves that'll come and eat them. Throughout the night. Well, they got a hole for 62 of them at least. Oh, yeah. Well, think about the wolf that probably wanted to eat Anne throughout the night. God. All right. This has been fun. Uh, We'll talk with you next week. Check out our Jujutsu Kaisen coverage. AOT. Do it. Coming up. Yep. I'm sure we will be commenting on the film-esque AOT episode that's coming up. Yes. Hour and a half. It's going to be fun. If you're on the Patreon when you're listening to this... Sunday is definitely when we'll have it out by. Maybe earlier. We don't know when it's releasing because anime. <laughs> well, <laughs> honestly, at this point, I don't even know if it's anime or if it's just Attack on Titan. That's they true, too. They seem to have the worst, the worst announcements out of any show I've ever seen. But Yeah, they all seem to struggle a bit, but yeah, this one is kind of on another level, and I don't know why. All right, I've been Ronnie. I've been Chatty. Peace. Peace.